bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. You are going to be so excited! We have such a great show today. You know this is celebrating Epilepsy Month in the United States today. And as you all know, I am a person with epilepsy who survived an almost fatal accident 21 years ago that totally changed my life, and now here I am working to employ people. But I've got to tell you, what an honor it is to to have on our show starting off the month a superstar NFL player, a Super Bowl champion player, a Pro Bowl player for six years in a row, a left guard for the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 66, Mr. Alan Fanica, who is also a leader in the epilepsy movement and is a person with epilepsy speaking out. That is why, in my opinion, he is a world champion in every single way. We are so honored to have him on the show and an absolutely tremendous, great executive director, one of the best in the United States of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA, Miss Judy Painter. Alan and Judy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Alan, how about if we start with you? All right. I talk about you all the time, everywhere I go. And if you just joined the show, you know I am based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so I am always wearing number 66. But when I speak, I frequently tell people, okay, I have something in common with him, and it's not that I can play football, but I didn't know until recently that also... December 7th. There we are, same day. Alan, I wonder if you could tell our listeners when you first realized that you were a person with epilepsy, because if I remember correctly, it had something to do with a holiday. It, it sure did, you know. It, um, we didn't really realize it was epilepsy at that point, but I had my uh, first seizure. I was uh, 15 years old, uh, freshman year of high school, and it was uh, Christmas Eve. And... Um, you know, my first seizure was kind of a, uh, uh, you know, we kind of thought it was like a, a, a nightmarish uh, thing going on, and uh, that was uh, that was my first episode. I kind of uh, ran about the house in the middle of the night. Now, when this happened to you, because um, what happened to me is that I have tonic seizures, and at first they were misdiagnosed by by the doctor, and I always tell people, you really don't know what epilepsy is like unless you yourself have also had a seizure. But like me, I'll bet the first time this happened, you were just totally amazed, had no clue that it was a disability, right? Definitely. I, I had no clue um, to the whole situation. You know, It was a, it was a complete uh, learning curve that I had to catch up on. And then what happened after that? How, how did you find out that this was epilepsy? Uh, well, Started going to the doctors after uh, I, I had the same uh, type of uh, in the middle of the night experience uh, a couple times over the next uh, week or two, and I uh, so then we started going to the doctors and you uh, doing all the tests and the glucose tests and uh, you know all the scans and uh, you know there we were a couple weeks later uh, you know they they come to the conclusion that I had epilepsy. 
And, and then you started taking medication. And then I got on uh, Tegretol. Uh, I'm still on Tegretol. Um, uh, it, it took it took a long time. You know, I, I'd say probably a month or two to uh, at least uh, figure out the you know the right dosage for me and uh, what uh, what put a stop to my seizures. Judy, and do you not meet many people that you've heard speak or that you even work with that come to to the organization for support? who were misdiagnosed or didn't know for a while with their, that they had epilepsy? Yes, very often. Uh, ever since I started with the foundation 18 years ago, I remember one of the first people that I talked to uh, was a, um, a mother of children, and she uh, was having uh, seizures, and uh, she didn't have a tonic-clonic seizure. When some, everyone thinks that epilepsy is tonic-clonic seizures. Uh, and uh, there are so many different kinds of seizures. So she would uh, be standing at the locker, and the next thing she would know would be that she would be uh, somewhere else. So um, she had no idea what was happening to her, and um, so she, you know, sort of read up on it and kept on reading on on, on the symptoms and sort of self-diagnosed herself, I think, as being uh, schizophrenic. Uh, she went to the doctors, they took EEGs, nothing showed up on the EEGs, and sometimes seizures do not show up on the EEGs. Um, so it took some time for people to find out actually what was wrong with her and diagnose her with uh, having epilepsy or a seizure disorder. Uh, other people I've talked to um, remember talking uh, to someone and missing parts of conversations, and thinking that that was normal. They thought everyone missed parts of conversations, so it took a while for them to also diagnose themselves. And I think it very often happens, Joyce, that people may be having, uh, you know, partial seizures or complex partial seizures, and they aren't aware of it because I remember my nephew, uh, before he was diagnosed with having epilepsy, that he remembers being on the telephone with people and having garbled speech coming back at him, and he sort of knew what was going on but didn't know what was going on. And it wasn't until he had a grand mal seizure uh, that he was diagnosed with having epilepsy, and that he was about uh, uh, 21 years old at that time. Mm-hmm. That, a lot of people also think that you're either born with epilepsy or, uh, and if you're not born with it, you're not going to have it. But, of course, that's not true because I, I was 31 years old at the time. I'll soon be 53 years old, but may I tell you, I had been having them before then. It's just that I didn't know I had epilepsy until that age because I was at a movie theater asking for a Diet Coke during a concession, at a, I mean an intermission at the concession stand, and I had a tonic seizure and hit the floor so hard I fractured my skull, had an intracranial brain hemorrhage, broke all the bones in my inner ear and had brain surgery but, you know, had this miraculous recovery and that's what got me on this road for employment of people with disabilities. But you know, as Judy just pointed out, there are so many different types of seizures, so many different types because there are 3 million Americans who are people with epilepsy. So you can just be sitting at a chair and look as if you're daydreaming having a seizure. There are so many different types. Don't think it's just the falling down on the ground, and then having a convulsion. That's why I was misdiagnosed. I, would fall, I fell down to the ground, but I did not have a convulsion. Well, Alan, when you were a teenager and you were in high school, because you were at that time 15 years old, um, what was it like for you dealing with this at school? 
You know, I uh, I always say I had a great support group around me, my 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 immediate family and my extended family, uh, to my physician uh, physicians um, that that I never felt uh, that I needed to hide it or or, or uh, be wary of telling uh, friends about it. Um, you know, I was I was I was really upfront with them and impartial uh, because I needed them to know what was going on with me in case something did happen with me in that stage of uh, of getting my medication to the right levels and, and figuring things out. Um, but uh, and my my friends were great about it too. You know, they were uh, uh, you know I kind of had to educate them as well. And um, but uh, everybody around me was really great, and uh, that uh, that helped out a lot. That certainly does. What I call this is, I say you have just a storm going off in your head because too many neurons are shooting off. Mm -hmm. So I always say that fits my personality, too much firepower, and we know that fits your personality. So that's <laughs> that's what I tell people when they have epilepsy. They just have too much firepower. But if you're a young person listening to and the show... And I think show, you're both redheads, too. That's right. <laughs> if you're listening to the show, let me say this. Here's Alan Fanica, superstar athlete saying he did not hide this and i telling you that is the biggest mistake because when you hide it that means you think there's something wrong with you and that you're inferior and that will never ever work and judy i know you deal with that a lot you know you deal with teenagers who do keep this secretive some of them who fall into depression and people who actually have committed suicide because they can't deal with this how, how do you deal with that at schools, you know, with teenagers and young people being embarrassed or, you know, Well, I, I, Alan was so very, very lucky to have such a supportive family who, who uh, supported him through this and didn't make him feel ashamed uh, that he had epilepsy. Uh, I think parents unwittingly sometimes, uh, you know, give the child, uh, give a message to the child about, you know, like, don't tell anybody that you have epilepsy and, you know, grandparents don't find out about it and if grandparents do find out about it, they want to make sure that the child doesn't tell anyone else. I mean, they are so afraid that uh, the child will be stigmatized by uh, the condition that they absolutely do not want anyone else to know about it. And, of course, when you give that message, when you're saying you don't tell anybody about this, you, of course, are telling the child that this is something to be ashamed about and to keep secret. And, you know, then kids are afraid, then teenagers, uh, of course, especially when you're a teenager, you want to be like everyone else. And uh, very often, you know, the hardest things that uh, that that faces teenagers are driving is a, is a huge issue. If if someone is uh, having seizures, not having them very often, but still, uh, you know, they they cannot drive. Uh, if they're having seizures, um, social acceptance by their peers, uh, side effects of medication. Uh, is sometimes a problem. Uh, you know, if you are playing sports, as Alan said, he had to tell everyone, and sometimes teenagers don't have as much self-confidence that Alan obviously had uh, to be able to want to participate in sports or other school activities and, uh, you know, have to tell everyone, you know, what to look for in case I have a seizure and, and, and having to tell them that they do have epilepsy. So, you know, all those things do happen. You know, when I started, when I first, again, when I first started working here, and I'm sure this continues, um, you know, people would ask that I send them information about epilepsy, but to put it in a plain brown uh, envelope and not to put a return address on it. 
And uh, to this day and age, uh, you will still see a tongue depressor above uh, a hospital bed, uh, knowing that uh, someone, uh, you know, knowing that no one could ever swallow their tongue during a seizure. Uh, but, you know, that you want to put somebody onto their side in case they're having a seizure because, you know, you want to make sure their airway is not blocked. Uh, but, you know, there still are a lot of misconceptions about epilepsy, and that's a lot of burden to put on a young person. And, Alan, would you attribute this um, to your family from the beginning that you, that you had this confidence? I, I definitely would. I think, uh, you know, I, I had that strong support group, and... Uh, I was uh, slightly bullheaded in the fact that I was going to attack this head-on and uh, uh, continue to, to do the things that I was already doing and, and move forward. Well, and you certainly did that. If you are listening to the show or just joined us, you are in for a treat. We're talking to Judy Painter, the Executive Director of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA, and Mr. Alan Fanica left guard for the Pittsburgh Steelers and a person speaking up who has epilepsy. This is Joyce Bender on Disability Matters on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Well, your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and Free Your Mind. Open your heart and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. 
Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, and we're talking to Alan Fanica of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but most important to me, a champion giving back, giving back to the community, and Judy Painter, the Executive Director of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central Pennsylvania. I think we have a caller on the line. James, are you on the line? Okay, we may have lost our caller there. Oh. Hello? Oh. Go ahead. Mr. Fanica and Ms. Bender, thank you for taking my call. I'm currently in high school and participate in the Student Business Leaders Program. Given that you were once a high school student with a disability, what advice can you give me to become a leader in the disability community? Oh, I know. Now listen here, Alan. We're getting calls from... There is a group in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, of young people who have significant disabilities in a student business leadership program who are working to be leaders in the community to change the way people think. Um, and I'm sure that a couple of them will be calling in. And James is one of them that is trying uh, to really stand out and be a leader, uh, although many of these people have put up at school with bullying or people making fun of them or not real, realizing how smart they are. So that's that's what James calling for, to ask you how you think he could be a better leader. You know, I think uh, being confident in, 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 in yourself and, and of how you're dealing with your disability and showing that to, to other people says just as much as what you're trying to, the message you're trying to get, a, get across that, um, uh, you know, everything's fine over here, and, and you worry about yourself, and, and we're going to move forward, and, uh, and uh, we'll all be able to, to deal with something that's uh, more important than what's uh, my disability. Judy, do you want to make a comment there? Well, I, I think that that is exactly right. Uh, you know, I know people that are dealing with significant disabilities at, at this particular time, uh, you know, it's, it's a terrible thing, but, you know, probably a short 20 to 20 or 5 years ago, now, these people may have been in institutions. Uh, there weren't any curb cuts. Uh, we've made progress, and uh, I think what we need to do is continually look forward. Uh, you know, I never thought there would be a day that I would see that there would be bus lifts, you know, that, that people with uh, disabilities who were, who were in wheelchairs would be able to ride public transportation uh, to make sure that, you know, there are ramps. I mean, uh uh, we haven't come nearly as far as we we need to go, uh, but I think people like you and and Alan and all of us working together uh, are going to make a difference. Well, James, I'm proud of you for calling in. I'm proud of you for having the courage to call in. You you are you are already on your way to being a good leader. Thank you for calling. You know, across the whole area of Pittsburgh, there's a group of young people who are trying to be youth leaders, trying to stand up and, and, and make a difference in their school. And they're part of the Student Business Leaders Program that I'm affiliated with. And some of these students are from Fox Chapel High School. The majority are in the Student Business Leaders Program. But they are dedicating themselves to being leaders, whether they have epilepsy, autism, uh, you know, re uh, learning disability, doesn't matter what it is. They're trying to make a difference here in Pittsburgh, and many of them were so excited 
that you were going to be on this show today, Alan, that I'm sure you'll be getting a couple other calls. But we do also have a listener from San Diego that uh, sent in the email question, and it says, uh, Mr. Fanica, first of all, congratulations last year on winning the Super Bowl, and there you go. You got that congratulations all the way from California. Um, and, and then it goes on to say, I am a parent of a child with a disability who sometimes is made fun of at school. What advice do you have for me? I, I, I think, again, I think, uh, you know, I keep thinking back to my supporting cast and, and how strong they were for me uh, that, uh, you know, I kind of carried that over uh, into how I dealt with it and to, um, uh, you know, just to, to let them know that, uh, you know, being yourself and, and, and that's a, in school that's a tough age just for dealing with other things besides having to deal with a, a disability that um, have to have to throw that on top is, is even tougher uh, with kids because kids are, kids are brutal sometimes and they just don't know it. But uh, just, to, just to be confident in themselves and, and sometimes you just got to let water roll off your back. Well, you have, you've been able to do this obviously very successfully. You're not ashamed that you are a person with epilepsy. As a matter of fact, remarkably, uh, it is Alan Fanica who contacted the Epilepsy Foundation saying he wanted to do something. I have two questions. Number one, what made you do that? And number two, what made you not be ashamed ever to talk about this? I mean, it's one thing just being confident, but it's another thing going that extra step and actually being an advocate, which thank God you are, but why did you do that? Well, my wife and I had uh, uh, kind of we've gotten uh, involved in, in a, a charity for, for breast cancer research called A Glimmer of Hope, and uh, we kind of started with that and uh, kind of got heavily involved with that. And, 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 and really, I think um, athletes in general, uh, uh, you know, you come in and you don't really, you don't really realize uh, what you can do with your position. You know, we're all we're all fresh out of college. You know, we're, we're young and, and kids at the same time. That uh, you don't really realize what you can do. And then, you know, slowly after being around a locker room and seeing guys like Jerome Bettis uh, and uh, and Mark Bruner, guys that were there when I was first starting, and what they were doing, you know, the the outreach programs and, and the charitable work. Uh, you start to slowly realize that, that you can do something with uh, with your position, and um, uh, you know I always say uh, for something that I do and something for somebody else that nobody knows can do the same work and the same effort, but but just because of who I am, uh, three or four fold uh, times better things are going to happen. Where, you know, no matter what you're trying to accomplish, uh, raise money or raise awareness, just because of who I am. And and that's that's just kind of the way things are. That the awareness comes with it, and um, you start to learn that and start to get more heavily involved. And uh, so I, I definitely I, I wanted to outreach uh, into the uh, the epilepsy, uh, you know, the, the field, the family, and uh, uh, and see what I can do to help out and uh, and become more involved, and uh, you know, kind of spread my wings a little bit more and uh, do a little bit more good. Well, I mentioned to Alan at one of the breaks that our other good friend, Merrill Hodge, who's been on the show more than one time and also had to deal with cancer and, you know, dealt with this head-on and, um, thank God, was able to move forward, had told me how Walter Payton 
impacted him and how he had made a decision he wanted to give back. And I just want to tell you, Alan, in behalf of all people with disabilities, especially with epilepsy, how much we all admire you for what you're doing. Because I know you don't have to do it, and you are. So what you're doing is making a difference. And Judy, I know you know there are a few that are stepping forward in this vein, so I know you know how important that is. Absolutely. And Judy, what did you think when Alan Fanica called you and said he wanted to help? Well, he didn't call me specifically. I mean, uh, Alan, uh, uh, personally is, is pretty low key about himself. I mean, when you see him on the football field and the way he moves those people around as if they were sticks, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to believe that when you meet him in person, what a very gentle person he is. And, uh, he actually must have gone to our website and uh, emailed our um, family specialist and said that his name was Alan Fanica and he wanted to do something <laughs> with kids with epilepsy. And we were like, is this the Alan Fanica? I mean, he just, I mean, he didn't, he didn't say, I'm Alan Fanica of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He never said a word about himself. And so we wrote it back to him and said, are, are you the Alan Fanica? And he wrote back and said, yes, that he was the Alan Fanica. <laughs> <laughs> You can imagine all the women in the office, you know, like running around, running into each other. You know, uh, so uh, you know we were able to get in touch with him, and uh, you know we did some articles with him, and uh, he was very willing to talk about having epilepsy, and and uh, you know we certainly you know, we're planning on on doing um, you know other uh, PSAs and things like that, and have, having Alan participate in those. But it was funny when he when when he wrote to us. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, Alan. When I talk about how Americans with disabilities, you know, here they are, the highest group unemployed. It's terrible. We have a 65% unemployment rate for Americans with significant disabilities in this country. It's absolutely appalling. And one of the problems we have is pity. So every time I speak now, I tell them, that I really doubt that the opposing team, when they play you, says, uh-oh, we better not hit that guy very hard. He has epilepsy. So if, if, if you can play in the NFL with epilepsy, we know you could be an accountant or a computer programmer or have some other type of job and be successful. And, and I hope if you're listening to the show right now, remember, speak up. Speak up. can't imagine who you could impact and really, the life you could save. So anyone listening to the show today, I hope you're paying attention because you've got a great role model with Alan Fanica. And when we come back after break, we're going to talk about his role model. Right now, we're going to break for a moment. You're listening to Joyce Bender on Disability Matters, voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. 
To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at one 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Welcome back. We're talking to Alan Fanica, number 66, and Judy Painter of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central Pennsylvania. And I think we have a couple callers. First, we have a David on the line. Go ahead if we have David. We have a Carolyn on the line. Okay, we must have lost our callers. Well, when the producer gets them, he'll bring them back on. What I was going to ask you when we went to break there, Alan, is who was your role model? My role model? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, I keep saying it to, as far as being able to, to speak out and and, uh, and talk, about, uh, talk about my epilepsy, uh, um, you know, I think I look at uh, at Jerome Bettis uh, uh, and what he did and how involved uh, he still is in everything. Um, you know, he's uh, he, he's a great guy and a great person and uh, a future Hall of Famer. And uh, he he does he does all those great things that he does on the field. He carries that over off the field and into the community uh, to so many different projects and things that um, you know kind of. Kind of really uh, opened my eye to uh, uh, what was out there and uh, what what I could do with with my name and, and and to help the community at the same time. Yes, and you know Jerome Bettis has done so much for asthma and so many other groups, but that is what it is with Jerome Bettis is his leadership. He is just such a great leader. In addition, of course, to being a great athlete, but you know. You have people like this that can impact you to do tremendous things, and that is so great. Now, how about when you were growing up? Did you have a role model then? Um, 
No, no, I really didn't. You know, I was uh, I was very um, individualized, I guess you'd say. You know, I always... Uh, he was uh, a role model. <laughs> I, you know, I always wanted to do my own thing. I was never uh, one to, to copy people or to, to look up, I guess. Uh, you know, when I, uh, I... I frequently get asked that question, and I never, I never did... Um, until I got to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it, it has nothing to do but besides uh, besides football. But I, uh, uh, when I first got here and uh, saw how Dermonte Dawson was as a person and, and a player, uh, and what he meant to uh, the organization uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, that uh, uh, I wanted to be him. I, I wanted to to do and be everything that he was, and and it kind of caught me off guard because I never was was one to, to pick a role model or to, to try and emulate somebody. But uh, when I got here, uh, I definitely looked up to him tremendously. Oh, that is really great. Now, when you were in college, was, did you have a bigger problem with this than with the Steelers, or was it just the same, I mean, the acceptance of the epilepsy? Uh, as far as the, the team or, or the college? The, the team. Uh, no, you know, it really wasn't that big of a big of an ordeal. You know, when you're coming out of college and going into the NFL, uh, you, you know, the most guys go to what's called the NFL Combine, scouting combine, and, and you you literally talk to to every single team's uh, physicians and trainers, and and you know everybody had their their questions, and I, you know I was prepared to, to to talk more than I actually had to talk to them, and uh, you know basically everybody wanted to know how I was. I was dealing with it, uh, the medication I was on, and how that was going, and and they were pretty satisfied with you know just asking a couple of questions. It really wasn't a big deal to uh, any of them. Well, that is awesome, but you know what? I think it's also because of how you were. You know, if it's not a big deal to you, it's not going to be a big deal to other people. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That is what I believe. Definitely. I think we have one of our callers or both. We'll start with David. David, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Thank you. Okay. Go yeah, ahead, is, please. Yeah, thanks. Hey, uh, I wanted to ask about uh, your interest in respite care for families with children with disabilities, if you could talk more about that. that uh, I'm just going to jump in. That The uh, interest in res- respite care, of course, is with Alan, but basically his wife, Julie, um, uh, spoke at the Child Neurology Foundation um, meeting. We had a national meeting here in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, and we had a uh, workshop on respite care. And, uh, you know, while Alan is out uh, practicing or playing football, naturally Julie is at home with their child, and uh, we're just talking about the importance to all families, to everyone, uh, for someone to be able to uh, be able to get away from that situation uh, and uh, be able to uh, you know have some sort of time away uh, and and rejuvenation I don't know Alan if you wanted to talk more about that but no de- no definitely I mean uh, uh, especially uh, um, we haven't talked about it but but my my little girl Annabelle uh, who's 17 months old, uh, has gone through uh, her thing lately, and, and it definitely becomes uh, overwhelming at times, uh, especially in the beginning, um, to, uh, you know, you're, it's like you're on, on call 24-7, and, uh, you know, that, that little break you get, uh, you know, even if it's uh, running to the store to get milk, uh, you know, you cherish it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have that, uh, that ability to, to step away 
and, and just get that that mental break and, and relax for a second. That uh, you know they're they're, they're working twenty four seven. Right, and and you didn't even uh, you know it wasn't until somebody forced you two to go out together and just be alone and have some alone time together. It, yeah, definitely. Uh, we we didn't you know we, we were kind of forced into it and uh, you know go go out and relax and. Uh, uh, you know, we we've got uh, we'll take care of Annabelle for now, and uh, you go you go out and relax. Well, David, thank you for calling in though with an outstanding question. Thank you very much. Great question. Uh, do we have a Carolyn on the line? Hello, Carolyn. Yes. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. I am currently a high school senior participating in a student business leaders program. Yes, and I know you, Carolyn, because you're in that great program I know about, and you are a great young lady. <laughs> Thank you. I was wondering if you were ever ashamed of having epilepsy, and also, this is a two-part question, how did you handle the questions and reactions of the other students? Um, you know, I, I was I was never really ashamed. I was... Uh, uh, Confused at first, you know, trying to figure out and, and deal with uh, uh, what was what was going on with me and, and learning about it, and um, you know, dealing with questions uh, from 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 my peers. You know, I I really just like a Q and A. You know, if, if they had a question, I answered it, and you know, it was I was kind of um, I guess point blank with it. Uh, you know, answers as far as. Um, you know that's just how it is. You know, I, I didn't leave any room for doubt. I guess you'd say for them to uh, to, to wonder about things or to uh, talk about or, or guess about. You know, it was like that's how it is. Hey, I'm fine. You know, don't worry about me. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna take care of myself. But uh, this is what's going on with me. All right, Carolyn. Thank you for calling in. You're welcome. All right. And Thank you know you. what, young people, if you're listening to the show, you notice there have been young people calling in to Disability Matters from across the United States and Canada. And that is because we are forming youth leadership networks and different groups so young people with disabilities. Don't be ashamed. It's just part of who you are. Just stand up, speak out, be independent, be the person you can be. So I'm glad. I hope more young people call in. That is really awesome. Um, Alan, you talked about your daughter, Annabelle, but I want to mention something first. You know, I know a lot of people have told me that they've seen Alan on TV talking about his daughter, daughter Annabelle, and that she, too, has a neurological disability. And uh, is this how he got involved? I want to tell you, he was involved before that happened. He, he was involved with the Epilepsy Foundation before um, that that he knew this, but I assume Alan, that gives you an even greater motivation to work to remove that stigma for your daughter. It, it definitely does. You know, it definitely uh, uh, brings brings it to the forefront that much more uh, when it affects uh, you know one of your kids. Yes, and Judy, about that respite care, um, is a lot going on about that right now. Is there a lot of work being done in that area? We're trying to do a lot of work and, and, and change uh, policy at the legislative level federally. Uh, you know that uh, you know respite care will be made available to parents, uh, but you know um, it's, it's it, you know it's a, I think it has already passed the House and uh, and we need it to pass the Senate. 
And uh, um, so, you know, it, it's going to be a short session, uh, you know, when people go back uh, after the election day today. And uh, it, it's certainly something that we're going to try to get through. Uh, but it's something that people have been working on and will continue to work on. Um, so um, that, yes, that is it's a huge issue. Yes, it is. And it's especially, you know, if you have a child with a disability and you're there, you know, 24-7, uh, you need that. You absolutely need that. Um, and, Alan, we do have a question from uh, Columbus, Ohio, stating, Alan, I know that you have a child with a disability. I know this may seem as an unusual question, but did you feel that your family or friends treated you differently after that? Hmm. Well, I never really, never really looked at it and thought about it, but, um, you know, I don't, uh, I wouldn't say, you know, there was, there was definitely a lot of concern because there was a, a learning curve and, and nobody really, uh, you know, everybody ran home to their, their computer to get on the internet and, uh, figure out what was, what, what it was that she had and, uh, uh, what, what there was to do for it. But Sometimes I, that's a mistake. <laughs> Sometimes the internet gives you more information than you need. Yeah, and we found that out too. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I think uh, I think everybody was pretty um, pretty good with us. They were pretty supportive and, and stood by us, and um, and and hung in there with us as we uh, kind of figured things out. And I think everybody's uh, stood right by us. Well, that's wonderful. She's a uh, darling child, Joyce. She's a darling, darling child. And she is how old now? She is uh, 18 months old now. 18 months old. Well, we wish only the best for Annabelle. And we're going to go to a break for a minute, then we'll be right back. You are listening to Alan Fanica, as Judy said, the Alan Fanica, number 66 of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pro Bowl champion, to me, world champion. And Judy Painter, the best executive director in the U.S. You know I had to say that, Judy. <laughs> we'll be right back. After break, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength. And the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. Tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental game for Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. 
Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, and I am excited. You know, I told Alan, I've, I have been excited forever since I knew that Alan Fanica was going to be on this radio show because. Yes, we've had senators, we've had mystery authors. Last week we had President Bush's sister. We've had so many famous people over the past three years. Tony Quello, all these great civil rights leaders, Judy Painter, everyone. But let me tell you what, number 66, same birthday. Oh, so excited to have him on with Judy. And, and Alan, I think that before we go to this next question, I think we have another young person or a or a Caller on the line, go ahead. Good afternoon. Uh, thanks for taking my call. My name is Jason Schmidt. I'm a senior at Fox Chapel High School. I play football on the varsity team. Oh, Jason. Yes, Jason is a football player. That's right, and a student business leader. Jason, thank you for calling. Thank you for taking my call. Go ahead. Do you have a question for Alan? Yeah, my question was, how did you overcome your disabilities and the perceptions of others to achieve so much success? You know, I think I, uh, um, I, I, I exuded this uh, confidence or or um, uh, or about me that uh, uh, you know not not to worry about me. I, I'm okay, you know. And I, I, I've said it before that guys on the team on, on on the Steelers know that I have epilepsy, but they'll forget. <laughs> you know, they they just forget. They'll hear me talking about it and they'll kind of catch me and. I'll have to remind them. You remember, I, you know, we've talked about it. You knew it, and it just slips their mind. Um, it, uh, I think, I think how you carry yourself uh, uh, goes a long way in, in how other people carry you uh, in their minds and, and what they think um, is uh, is kind of a reflection of how you think. Okay. Well, Jason, thank you for calling. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. You too. You know, I'll tell you something, Judy and Allen. You know, many times when I'm in D.C. and we talk about this high unemployment rate and how terrible it is for people with disabilities, someone, a CEO was on my show one day and he was saying how, well, maybe we have to change the paradigm. Maybe we, you know, if we can't change the attitude overnight of people that are hesitant hiring people blind, deaf, or in wheelchairs or who have epilepsy, Maybe we need to work more on changing 
the pers- the young the people the young people with disabilities their perception of themselves. And when I hear you talk, that's what it reminds me of. Because you, you didn't say, "How am I going to play football?" You said, "I am going to play football." Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's definitely uh, that's the way that's the way I looked at it. You know, it's I that's uh, it's something that I'm dealing with and, and that I'm fine with. And uh, you know, everybody else. You know, you've got you've got enough problems on your hand. Don't worry about me. Yeah, and and this is this is what I mean is that if you're out there and you're facing, you know, desperation or you know problems at school, people making fun of you, or can't find employment, and you're saying, "How am I going to change the way people think?" Well, you know what? Sometimes you can't, but you can change the way you think about yourself. That's what he did. You know, as I listen to this show. Alan did not say, how am I going to change the way coaches would think about people with epilepsy? He just said, I'm going to play football. And sometimes that's just what it takes. Don't you think, Judy? Absolutely. And also, as Judy, as you mentioned before, uh, Julie, Alan's wife, mm-hmm. will be joining our board, and I know that she has already been helping so much. Uh, do you want to talk about that for a minute? Uh, yes, uh, I had the privilege of meeting Julie. Uh, I t- had talked to her on the phone a couple times and then had uh, the privilege of meeting her and uh, talking to her about being on the board of directors and, uh, um, you know, what her aspirations were. And, um, you know, Julie had, has been committed uh, to the community along with uh, Alan uh, probably ever since she, she got here, and she's a wonderful person. Uh, to deal with, and she's very uplifting. And um, one of the first things that we did, the child, as I had mentioned, the Child Neurology Society had their national meeting here, and we had a uh, session for parents for the first time ever, and it was on respite care. And uh, Julia was talking about the fact that, uh, uh, you know, when parents are first diagnosed, uh, parents' children are first diagnosed, uh, they give you so much information, and um, uh, one of the things that uh, if you're having seizures, and Annabelle hasn't had seizures for a while, her seizures are under control, um, but, you know, when Annabelle did have a seizure, you know, uh, there's a medication that will stop the seizures, and it's called diastat, uh, but there's a, a form uh, that you sort of have to take out and open up and and uh, read and, and do all these sort of things. And she mentioned to us, uh, you know, gee, wouldn't it be great to have something like that laminated that you could put on the refrigerator for the babysitter or for yourself and have all this contact information on it. And, uh, you know, some of our very best ideas come from parents, and that came from Julie. And uh, so, you know, the people who make the drug saw this, and they were very excited about it, and... Uh, you know, now this is something that people will be able to have available to them uh, in case of of an emergency that was was never available before. Uh, so, um, uh, so that was very exciting. And then she talked to the parents about her experience and what it was like uh, having a child who was dis- newly diagnosed with a, a neurological condition, because you know, uh, you know, it was still very fresh. I mean, some of the parents that were on the panel had been dealing uh, with some of these things for many, many, many years. Uh, but to get the, the freshness of, of Julie's uh, feelings uh, on, um, you know, what she had gone through and didn't know what was going on and her experience with doctors and, 
and diagnosis uh, uh, was very, very helpful to other parents. And uh, she will be joining our, our board of directors. Uh, as a matter of fact, she has joined our board of directors. Well, and we're proud to have her on our board of directors. You know, it, it's so great to know there are people like this who give back. It really is. It, it, it is so great because that's really, to me, volunteerism, when it comes to character, is where the rubber really meets the road. Um, Alan, as you can see, there are many young people with epilepsy that, unlike either of us, you know, I take 450 milligrams of Dilantin every day of my life. But over the past several years, I have been, you know, seizure-free for about six to seven years now. And only really had three seizures after that horrible, you know, accident that I had. But there are people that have seizures all the time. You know, there are kids that go to school and they you know, having them in the hall and have them in front of people. And I just wonder, um, you know, when they're not accepted, I'll give you an example. This one young girl, uh, when, the, when the family found out of her friends that she had seizures, they uninvited her, you know, to the slumber party and things like this happen all the time. Mm. You know, w- what advice do you have for young people when they go through things like that? You know, I know it's, it's tough when you're young and in that age, and uh, um, you know acceptance is a is, is a part of the way of uh, of school. Um, but uh, you know sometimes you just need to surround yourself around around uh, your true friends. You know the the people that that aren't worried uh, that uh, you know say you had a seizure in, in the hallway. You know that you know that that that's the person that comes up and talks to you that later that day. You know that. That that's a friend, you know. That's that's a that's who you want to be with. And um, you know, if, if other people, uh, you know, come come around and, and realize, you know, the the error in their way, that uh, you know, then that's fine. But you know, your true friends are the people who are going to be there with you by your side. And um, I think you have to, you know, you have to, you kind of have to grow thick skin a little bit too, and just let all let all that other stuff. Uh, uh, Roll off you, roll off of you, but uh, you know, and it, it's definitely a lot easier to say it right here than uh, when you're going through it. That uh, it, it's, it's tough times, and I think uh, you know, kids definitely need to to talk to their parents and have uh, have that support group there for them that uh, to help them through that because that's uh, you know that that's tough for a kid to go through. Yes. Well, Alan, I always ask every guest that if if they just had one message. You know, in reference to epilepsy, for example, is what we're talking about this month. But if you just have one message you wanted to share with young people, parents, or anyone, what what would you leave them with? What would you say? Oh man, uh, you know, I, I think I'd leave them with uh, the idea that uh, that, that anything's possible. Mm-hmm. That um, uh, you know, that that, that uh, I, I, I'm I'm a uh, a role model of sorts to, to say that, uh, you know, anything's possible, whether it's uh, uh, be- becoming an athlete or, or, you know, becoming a lawyer or a doctor, that, uh, you know, you stay positive and, and things things can happen for you and, and you can go out there and make them happen. And, and we think you are absolutely awesome. And, Judy, you too. Thank you so much for being on the show. Be- before both of you leave, we end the show always with a quote from a very famous leader or someone in the civil rights area. 
And today it is from Alan Fanica, who said, I was never going to let epilepsy affect me or stop me. And as you can see, he can stop people, but you can't stop him because he is our champion for all people with disabilities throughout the world. Alan Fanica, thank you. And Judy, thank you for being with us. Thank Thank you, Judy. All right. And remember, when you see number 66, he's a champion for all people with disabilities. We'll see you next week. This is Joyce Bender, where disability does matter on voiceamerica.com. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.